My name is Kevin Bates, and I'm a pastor in Sherwood, Oregon. Each and every week, we desire to take theological principles, biblical stories and narratives, and really all the genres of scripture, and immerse ourselves in them and learn to apply them to our everyday life. I want to encourage you to tune into this online broadcast each and every week and ways you can support our ministry is first, you can listen to this broadcast and second, you can follow our Instagram page. You can like our Facebook page and you can make comments underneath whatever social media channel you're on right now in the comments box. And you can financially support our ministry by going to resonatelife.org and click on the give tab. I want you to think for a moment as we enter into the new year, we're moving from 2021 to 2022. I wanted you to think about a concept for a moment. In physics, there's two types of energy and there's potential energy and then there's kinetic energy. And in potential energy, that's like stored energy. It's like the dominoes are placed and ready to move. Something though needs to release that energy. Something needs to kick the domino forward and then the energy then is bounced forward from one to the other. It moves from stored to movement and so it's now in motion. So kinetic energy is the active energy. Potential energy is the stored energy. So energy needs motion to be expressed and the same way for our lives. A lot of us have a lot of potential because of the gifts that God has given us because of just the talents that we have. Maybe they're innate. Maybe you're born with a lot of talents and you've learned a lot of things in your life. Maybe you have the gift of learning. You have strengths inside of you that are God-given strengths. Those are your potentials. Those are the potentials that we all have. We're all good at something and it's left up to us to activate that potential to make things kinetic in influence and activity to put active motion forward and we all can do that we all have the skill to do that sometimes we need accountability sometimes we need encouragement to do that uh, but god gives us potential and we set it in motion so great achievements and great success in life never ne necessarily happen by chance some things are lucky we are we just have pure luck Yet most things are not just left to chance. Most people have to strive for things. So you don't just walk out your front door and go for a nighttime stroll in, on your, in your neighborhood and you end up at Mount Everest. You don't do that. You don't just walk out and end up at the top of a mountain. It doesn't happen that way. We have big dreams. We have vision. We have goals in our life and we put things in motion because the potential that God has for us moves from potential to movement, to kinetic. And so that is how we envision our future. We have a vision, we have a goal, we have a dream, and then we put building blocks together to make that a reality. So today we're talking about envisioning our future. I thought it was important to spend a little bit of time, and I'm hoping to make this a tradition on New Year's Eve, for New Year's Eve Sunday, where we talk about 
putting achievement and putting success and God-given success in motion in our lives, to come up with some goals and to come up with some planning that next year wouldn't just be happening by chance that you would, yes, it's important to take one day at a time. It's important to take one moment at a time, yet we can plan some things out and to strategize and have a strategic plan for 2022. So this is going to be a little interactive with um, our new online format. And so there will be some pauses in between. What I want you to do is I want you to grab a piece of paper. I want you to grab a pen or a pencil, something that you can erase with. Or if you are a device user, user pull out a device, uh, maybe an iPad or an iPhone in your notes section and take notes as we travel along and journey through envisioning our future, this message. So to envision our future first, I want to just give us just an introduction first that we need to picture ourselves in God's preferred future first. I think it's important that, yes, I want things, yes, I need things, yes, I dream about things, but the things that I want and the things that I need and the things that I dream about definitely need to be in God's context. It needs to be in God's movement, in God's story. We don't necessarily need to dream things that are outside of God's plan or outside of God's general desire for our lives. So a positive future means we have a positive view of God. That a positive future means that we have a positive view of what God prefers for my life. And so that's where we need to picture ourselves first. Is God, I want to glorify who you are. I want my life to, to ex, uh, explicate, explain, and to, to accentuate uh, who you are and what you want for life. And overall, I want my life to speak love. So that is where we need to see ourselves in 2022, that we would be examples of Jesus all the time. And I think that envisioning future and seeing ourselves on the playing field of God, that we have examples of that in real life. Athletes do this all the time. They envision themselves winning the prize and crossing the line and making the goal and and uh, stepping out on the field for the big game. Any athlete or any type of sport that you do, when I do triathlons, I envision finishing. I envision the shoot. I envision the cheers. I envision the announcer calling my name. It's a good feeling, and that's a motivating feeling. And so we need to envision that that end goal. And that end goal needs to be in the context of God's kingdom. It needs to be in the context of what God wants for our lives. So materialism, selfishness, just everything about you, that's not what we're talking about today. Just climbing some ladder and acquiring more things for 2022, that's not what we are talking about today. We're actually talking about values, goals that are in the context and filter of values, in the context and filter of what Jesus wants for our 2022. So if you think about life as a great performance, if you can think about life as the grand stage, and you're stepping out onto that stage, what character and what part do you want to play? What character, what lines do you want to say in that character? What do you want to be remembered for? And what do you want that future to carry forward and look like? So envisioning God's preferred future is not necessarily something that that we do by chance. We plan it. It's personal. It's also corporate. It's also 
um, community level, at city level? How do we want to participate not only personally and in growing ourselves, our families, but also our church and community and city as, as well? So we have a great opportunity as we have gone through seasons of ups and downs in the last couple of years, big time struggles. Many of us have had a lot of struggle over the last two years. Maybe you're just trying to survive still. Maybe you're trying to just make it. Maybe you feel stable and that's about it. You're flatlined, but you're stable. Maybe you do feel like you're growing, but you're on the brink of crashing. Maybe you have crashed completely and it's time to pick yourself back up and to walk forward again. You're not sure necessarily what your future looks like uh, in 2022, but you definitely can put some plans together. Now, I believe after two years of struggle, we can put some things together that we do not have to, quote, perish anymore. That's what the Bible says that in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, my people perish. Where there is no future and vision, future, my people go down. So in another translation, it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. I do love that translation because I do believe that in divine guidance, we can we can structure and we can plan for our future and that our future can be within the context of God's design. So if we take time to envision what our future looks like, to envision goals, to envision 2022 and put some markers in place, it will make our decision-making paradigm much healthier. If we don't have those in place, I think that we could have a poor decision-making paradigm. We can run wild. We can just I guess, have that loose mentality of, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Ultimately, we don't. I understand that we don't know what exactly is going to happen tomorrow. And I want to make that caveat and be honest with you that I'm not saying that if you do this plan and if you structure your life and envision your future and make some goals that it will happen. Yet I do believe that that uh, we can put some things in place in our life and plan for our future to give us the best opportunity and the best chance for all kinds of successes in life. So I'm going to come into the assumption that you're not going to be sniped away from planet Earth tomorrow, that you're not going bankrupt next week, and you're not going to lose your job tonight. I'm going to come into the assumption that life is going to be somewhat stable, that life is going to be somewhat as you've seen over the last handful of months and that you can make some plans for your current future or your immediate future 2022. So first I need to keep this in mind, that my future, my goals and my plans need to be within the context of Jesus, needs to be in the context of God's kingdom. But also I need to also take some responsibility. I need to take responsibility for my decisions. So not only my goals need to be in the context of God's kingdom and in God's desired future, but also the decisions that I make definitely are my responsibility. That's not a very popular concept right now that I believe that people really do struggle taking responsibility. And we bought into a myth that our problems, all of our problems are not necessarily our fault. I do believe that some of our problems are not our fault. And sometimes 
a lot of our problems are not our fault yet, and I put a caveat yet in there, that I have to take responsibility for many of my problems. Many of my problems are created by my own poor decision-making, my own irresponsibility, and they are my fault, and I need to look at that responsible, accountable, I guess, mode of life and, and say, I need to make better decisions. Most of my poor decisions have been made in life because they are not seen through point number one, through the context and filter of God's envisioned future. I want something for me. I do something for me. I run out and make a snap decision because I think I think it's best and there's no planning involved. That's where I mostly get in trouble is I don't take responsibility for my decisions. I snap decision and then I don't want to pay necessarily the consequences of that decision. Hence, our credit cards, hence our bills and our debt and things like that. So today we are moving through this lesson and this journey together through those principles, through the principle first that our goals are within God's envisioned future and also through the filter that I need to take responsibility for my decision-making paradigm. So there's three areas that I want to cover today that are areas of my life that I can envision, areas of my life that I can set goals, areas of my life that I can vision and plan a future for. So I want you to grab a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper, I want you to write three categories from top to bottom, and the top category, and this is going to be the largest category, so I need you to the largest is first. I need you to make the most space on your eight and a half by 11 paper or in your notes or wherever. Maybe you're using a device. This will be easier because you can hit enter, enter, enter to make more spaces. But uh, on that on that device or on that paper, write at the top areas of my life to envision. So or my envisioned life or or vision 2022, whatever you want to entitle it, put that at the top. And then right underneath that, right off to the, to the left side, I want you to write the word personal. So write the word personal right underneath your title and then give yourself lots of space. And the second category is going to be life's work. Life apostrophe S work, life's work. That's the second area. And then the smallest area is going to be my community life, my community life. So personal life, life's work, and my community life. Three categories that we're going to go over today. And we're going to spend some time. I'm going to have some pauses on this video for some self work to give you a chance to take some time to write a couple of things down in those categories. So this area first of personal life, there is a lot of work that we need to do. And we're going to do that next year in our sermon series, Atlas of the Heart, which I'm very excited about that sermon series. But this is, this is life away from work. This is life away from basically what you do for, for a job. This is our personal life. And this is the area that a lot of times we neglect. We don't self-care. We don't set goals for our personal life. 
we think, oh, that can be taken care of tomorrow. We don't, you know, exercise. We don't work on our fitness. We don't work on our eating habits or our spiritual life or or whatever. We did, we seldom set goals for certain things, or we have these New Year's resolutions where for I'm going to give up this or I'm going to resist this, and we have this give up or give over or resistance mentality, and that hasn't necessarily worked in history. You can see that that setting. New Year's resolutions last maybe for about 14 days, and then we go back to our same old habits of the way that we we work and live. The reason, I think, is because the, the power of resistance, a lot of us don't have the power of resistance, and, and the power of, I'm going to do away, and we don't replace that with healthy behaviors. We do away with the behavior. We just stop doing something, but we don't start doing another thing. So either the resistance doesn't work or we're not starting to do a new habit. We just do away with old habits and we have to replace that with something. So we go back to the old habits. So we need to begin to think through our personal life. I'm going to give some categories underneath that to write on your paper in your device. The next one is life's work. Notice how I didn't say your job. I said life's work. It's not your career. It's what you want to do for work in your life. Your life's work is bigger than your job or career. It's something that you truly can, can uh, express who you are in. God has called you to certain ideas, to certain ministry, to certain values that you can express in whatever job that you have. But to envision life's work means something that you actually enjoy doing so that you are enjoyable. I was just on the phone with a friend of mine today, and I was talking to him about this, where we need to learn to enjoy what we're doing so that we can be an enjoyable person. More often than not, when I don't enjoy something, I bring that right home in my grumpy attitude. When I don't enjoy something, I I make decisions and I do things and I express myself in a very negative way. So we need to set some goals in this area. What is my life's work? And then my community life. I think that our greater expression is within our community, whether that be our church, a, 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 a church community, a faith community, or larger in our neighborhood and in our community in general. So we have lives all around us. And when the Bible says, love our neighbor, He's serious. God is serious about loving our neighbors. So we need to envision what that means for our community life, that we would get out in the community and set some goals about investing in our neighborhoods, in the community around us. So those are the notes that I want you. That's the structure that we're going to work through in this broadcast. And I want you to take some notes within that structure. And then this week, I really want to encourage you to spend some time in those categories, really carving out maybe some goals that you can set for each one of those ideas. So let's jump right into it. The first area is personal life. Let's go back to the top of that page, personal life, where you made that category so how are you going to order your private world? That's a good question. How are you going to perform in your personal life? I, I think that there's lots of areas in our personal life that need care. It's not just 
our personal life, and that's just one big general category. We have our family, we have our friendships, we have our faith, we have our fitness, all Fs I have so far there. But we have lots of things in our personal life that that we need care. In order to be a functional, really a contributing member of society, but also growing in our faith as a Christian, and expressing God's love to the people around us, we really need to do the hard work of investing in our personal life. So in Psalm 37, 5, it says, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. So this idea of committing everything, I love that. If you if you look that up, highlight that, write that scripture down in your notes. He wants God wants to be involved in every aspect of our life, including what we eat, including our exercise, including our families and our friendships. God wants to be involved in, in everything. And so if you would write these categories underneath personal life for a moment, and we're going to spend just a few, a few minutes on, on these five. Under personal life, write family, and then skip two lines and write friendships, skip two lines, write finances, skip two lines and write fitness, and skip two lines and write free time. Family, friendships, finances, fitness, and free time. And then I wish you could write right in the center, but skip two lines and put this at the bottom is faith is faith, family, friendships, finances, fitness, free time, and faith, all Fs for you. So honestly, you need to look at our our families. You need to look at your family. I need to look at my family, and we need to commit our families to God. Everything we do, everything we say, everything we don't do, everything we don't say matters, and it matters to God, and it should matter to us. And we really need to invest the hard work. Maybe that is spending a little more time with your spouse. Maybe that's spending a little more time with your children. Maybe that's spending a little more time with your brother or sister or parents, if they are still with you, that we need to spend time investing in our families. Am I the husband? Am I the wife that I'm expected to be? Or am I the husband or wife that I that I need to be? What goals do you have in your relationships in your family? Do you have a goal of visiting family once a year, twice a year, once a month, doing something with your brother or sister a couple of times a year, investing in your spouse on a weekly basis, investing in your children on a weekly basis? How are you investing time in this area of your life. Otherwise, it gets away from us, right? I mean, my daughter's 12. It's like it was last week we brought her home. And so life has gotten away. And have we created the memories? Have we created and invested the right time? Honestly, going through marriage enrichment, a class, or maybe some counseling would be a way that you can invest in your marriage, in your relationship, in your partnership at home. There's lots of things that you can put underneath this category that I'm going to do this this year because 
The Bible says commit everything. So I need to look at these areas of my life and put some things down as a rhythm that we would invest. Then friendships. This is an important area because I believe that 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 three strung together strings are stronger than one. And so our friendship, just like Peter, James, and John, just like just like some of the uh, friendships that Jesus had, the 12, that, that that became a very strong, very faithful community over time, even after Jesus was, was gone. So friendships obviously are important to God and need to be important to us. So two categories of friends are, are I, I mean, friends are just friends, right? We're all on this journey of faith together, but we do have our friends of faith and friends that don't have faith in Jesus. And I believe that we need to have both in our life, that we need to have friends that have faith in Jesus to help us, you know, sharpen the sword, help us to become better in the values that Christ would promote in our life. We also need friends that are not of the Christian faith, that we can encourage, that we can learn different things from sometimes, uh, important things, uh, ones that would pray for us and ones that we could pray for. And I think that those are two important types of friendships to have. People that are different than us, people that don't necessarily share all that we share. Yes, we have our community groups that we meet with, but how about the community of group that you have in your life? I want to encourage you to carve out some people, make some friendships, whether it be a, whether it be a coworker or whether it be somebody outside of work, somebody that you can rub shoulders with and spend time with and invest in that would be beneficial to your life. Then we have finances. Finances are an important category. I think that when we are stewards of our finances, what you're saving, what you're spending, how you're managing and navigating through debt are all important concepts. It shows character. It shows discipline. It shows Basically, it shows a lot in our life. It shows our generosity. It shows the values that we carry. We put our money in the values that we think are most important. And I'll just throw this out that if you have habits that cost you a ton of money, I think it's time, especially in this day and age, that we need to get rid of the habits that cost us a lot of money. So we need to get rid of the things in our life that are tearing us down, that are our expenses. Some habits cost us a college education. And so we need to really think through where our money is going. Money is currency, and usually it flows from people who have it or people who don't have it to people who have it. So currency flows from people who don't have it to people who have it. And so we need to definitely tell our monies where to go. That is a Dave Ramsey concept that I think is really important, that we tell our money where to go. And so tithing 10% is important. Saving a good portion of your income, if you can, is important. Making sure that we pay our bills on time is important. And making sure that we are managing and navigating and servicing our debts uh, and paying those things down and off is important. It shows discipline and it shows character. But also our bodies. Fitness is a part of our personal life. And there's maybe one or two things that you can write down on this that uh, could start you and springboard you into 
fitness again. Maybe it's to lose a certain amount of weight or to eat better or to be a certain performer of some kind in in maybe a race or or to become a runner again or a cyclist again or lifting weights or whatever it is. Maybe it's just to go to bed an hour earlier each night or a half hour, 15 minutes or take some vitamins, whatever it is that you decide or can get your head around and your brain around. Um, I'm not asking you to become a triathlete. I'm not asking you to become you know, an Olympian by any means. What I'm asking is that we would just make our fitness an important idea in our life, an important concept in our life. It shouldn't take the Surgeon General to tell us to go exercise, to go exercise. I think that this is an internal um, thing that we all need to just consider very, very important. But then we have this idea of rest. I think that rest is important. Rest is crucial for our health and our success. And so free time is one of those ideas that six days we work, the seventh day God rested. And so that's a great goal is to have some Sabbath times. Maybe it's not a full day. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's two hours. Maybe it's a celebratory five hours after you finished uh, a long, a long project of some kind. You find some kind of rest that maybe it's just two hours here or even a half hour of silence in your life. We need to grab some time to do that. We need to capture some time, reclaim some time for free time, for some, some rest. So what does that look like for you? It's different for everybody, but I do know that it's not it's, it's turning everything off. It's basically checking everything at the door. It's not activity that's making your brain just work even harder. It's not going back to work to escape. It's not an idea of escapism. It's an idea of rest so that we can work out of our rest. Many of us are walking around these days like zombies, that we are definitely very fatigued. And so we need to spend time in free time so that we can work out of our rest. So then the last category under our personal life is our faith. And that's how to deepen our connection with God. I think that Bible reading, prayer, devotional time, spending time, basically nurturing our spiritual life is really important. We give you each and every week live in person spiritual practices that I believe are crucial to our spiritual growth. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So I believe that when we connect with God's vision for our future, we will grow in our spiritual life. That a big question in all of that is where is my faith? And so as we grow in our faith, all of these other things will be filtered through our faith. I believe that strongly, that as we grow in our faith, that we will find other things important as well, but they will be found in the context of the kingdom of God. They will be found in God's envisioned future, not just some separate section or division of our lives. So I want you to take a couple of minutes. The slide is going to come up with these categories under personal life uh, on it, and I want you to take two minutes. I want you just to spend some time in reflection and, and spend some time writing down maybe one idea per category that you could think about for your envisioned future.
So the second big large category that I have for us is my life's work. So I started with personal life at the top and then right now I want to just move to the center of the page. And this big question is how am I living out my calling that God has called me to? So life's work is an important term because it's bigger than your job, of course, and it involves living out what God has equipped you to do. That's your giftedness and it's your calling in life, what you have strengths in. So most Americans, I would say, are frustrated with their jobs. Uh, they uh, are really struggling finding their life's work. I would say in studies that I've read, it's anywhere from 20 to 30% of people say they hate their job. Two-thirds of our people say that they're in the wrong career. And so there's statistics out there that basically there's a large group of people, um, a large percentage of our nation are very disappointed or not satisfied with what they're doing with the majority of their day, five or six or seven days a week. So I would believe I would believe that there's a connection between this and some of the suicide rates that we have, some of the depression rates that we have, some of the heart disease that we have, or some of the physical ailments as well. Is when you're dissatisfied with a majority part of our day that that can create a dissatisfaction with a lot of things and poor decision-making paradigm. So we comfort eat, we comfort drink, we try to inebriate what Brene Brown would say, the edges, that we feel things, this dissatisfaction or this anger or frustration, that's the edge, and we, we take off the edge. And when we do that, usually that is a poor decision-making uh, thing that we do. We drink, we, we, we eat or overeat, or we, we put things basically in our mouths that take away that edge, to take off the edge. Well, Brene Brown would say, put back on the edge. You need to feel those edges. Know where you're dissatisfied. Know where you're struggling. Know where you are angry. Know where you are, we are did I say frustrated? Know where you are dissatisfied in life so that you can begin the process of growth to find satisfaction, to find um, uh, just wholeness in what we do on a daily basis. And so Colossians 3.23, work willingly as whatever, at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So it says work willingly at whatever, like you're working for the Lord, not necessarily like you're working for other people. So this is a really important verse. It says to work willingly. So being the very best that you can at all times, you are just a willing servant, striving to be the best in this eight hours a day, six days, sometimes seven days, a week. And then also it says working for the Lord. So we are pleased, we're happy, we are working for for God instead of resenting our job. So maybe there is some some work we need to do here that if we're doing it for Jesus, if we're doing our job for eternal significance and that well done good and faithful servant is said over our our death arrival, great. But if we spend, you know, 40 hours, 50 hours a week 360, 300 and some odd days a year for the rest of our lives, uh, you know, we might end up pretty resentful and hateful and pretty sick after we are, we are done. So we need to honor God with our best. So is there, is there something else that we need to do?
And I want to ask you a couple of questions for this category. Am I happy at what I do for work? Am I willing? Am I, do I have that willing spirit? Second question is, what do I need to do in order to be happy with what I do at work? So what do I need to do? I mean, is it a perspective change or is it a job change, right? So am I happy at what I'm doing? How can I be happy in what I'm doing? And then how do I get there? And sometimes it is changing. Sometimes it is making a move. Sometimes it is a perspective change. Sometimes, sometimes it's both. Uh, what is, what do you need in your life? Everyone's different. So I want to take two minutes. I want you to brainstorm a little bit in answering those three questions is, am I happy at what I'm doing? Great. Tell us why you're happy. Tell, tell the paper or the device why you're happy and affirm why you're happy. And then what do I need to do in order to be happy? What needs to change in order to be happy? I mean, that's the second question. And how do I get there? So two minutes, spend some time thinking about this category. So the third big area of our life is our community. So we talked about our personal life, then we talked about life's work, and now we're gonna talk about my community. How do I invest in my community? And you might say, Kevin, I don't care about my community, and that's why we're talking about it. I think in order for life in general, people in general, 
life to increase, for society to get better, for culture to get better around us. We as Christian people need to start investing investing in the difficult places even in our community, but we need to invest in our communities. In order to effectuate change, we need to spend time changing it. So possibly you need to volunteer in a significant place. It could be at church. It could be at a community organization or at a school or maybe just a place or maybe in your neighborhood. Being a positive influence and investing in the positive bringing positivity to the environments around us. And I'll call it Christian positivity, having the joy of the Lord in those places, spending a couple of hours a day, excuse me, a week, or spending a couple of hours a month even, just spending time investing in others or allowing your community to increase, investing to make your society increase. I think this is where Christians need to spend their time. I think Christians need to really learn to invest and envision how they are participating in their community, in their society. And I do not believe that society will get any better, right? As you know, society's falling apart. You know, we, we hear this all the time. That culture is you know, going to hell in a handbasket. We need to spend time investing in our communities. So I want you to take two minutes and I want you to spend some time just brainstorming a few ideas about how you can invest in your community.
I've given you today a very simple outline. Personal life, life's work, and my community life. Three ideas that you can begin to think about how you can set goals. Maybe you need to invest some time. Maybe you need to create some and think of some new ideas in order to increase your life and to implement some goals in your life over this next 2022. I have some asynchronous work that I want you to do at home. I want you to take this outline and I want you to fill the page. I want you to take some time this week just brainstorming different ideas. Just throw it at no bad ideas. Just throw it out there on paper. It could be the craziest thought that you possibly could have. Just throw it out there on paper. Maybe it has to do with your personal life, your your uh, life's work, or maybe it has to do with your community. Just put it out there on paper. And then I want you to take and I want you to narrow down your brainstorm into like three, four, maximum five. So just three, three ideas per category. And I know the personal life is going to be big, maybe in the community and life's work, maybe there can be five ideas. Certain things that you could create new rhythms, new practices, new ideas for your 2022. And I hope I hope that you would spend some time doing this because investing in envisioning your future, I think is a super important thing that we can do each and every year, each and every quarter, each and every day carrying it out. Because in Jeremiah 29, it says, for I know I have plans for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I pray that you begin to put some building blocks in place for your envisioned future and your envisioned hope. Thanks for joining us today.